You're listening to the Soul Shock Music Lounge podcast, sponsor free. I just got back from two weeks out with Haven and Laser Wolves, Laser Wolf, actually, um, and uh, it was fantastic. I was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I asked that in a very broad way, but how did you get uh, linked up yeah. with those two groups? Um, it was just one of those things that came through our booking agent, um, but uh, I know I know that Nate, who is now playing bass for Caven, um, he's in that band Converge. Um, so we had toured with them for a few shows in Australia in March. Mm. And even before that tour um, was solidified, I know that he knew about us. Um, and so I'm not sure. I actually should have asked because he's our buddy now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he recommended us to guys in Caven or if they maybe had heard about us, you know, right. um, names fly around, all right, in this world. Um, <laughs> also, um, I've been, I've done a couple fun things with uh, this awesome internet metal talk show called Two Minutes to Late Night, and Steve Brodsky from Caven and Mutoid Man, um, he plays in the house band for that internet show. So mm. he might have heard of us through that, and I don't really know, and I might just want to keep it a mystery. Always adds to it, doesn't it? <laughs> but do you? Yeah, yeah, keeps it fun. So I saw that you're um, you are not from the Baltimore area, but you actually moved from. I don't know if you're actually from the, here, but you moved from Nashville to Baltimore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in 2002. And what was the what was the idea to go to? I mean, I guess just because they're two, they're contrasting styles and the type of city they are. What was it about Baltimore that attracted you to it? It was mostly um, to join the band that Brooks was in. Uh, Brooks is our guitar player in War on Women, and I saw his three-piece band play in Baltimore when they were on tour back in 2001, 2002. And I had opened the show um, just on acoustics. I was between projects. And I liked them so much, I was like, do you need a guitar player in Baltimore? And they <laughs> said, yeah, actually. Hmm. So you've been there ever since, since 02. Yeah. And do you like, uh, you know, are you... What is it about the the city that you like the most, you'd say, since you've... I mean, I guess it's different now, so I'm asking about different time periods because 02 is very different from 2019, but it's sure. if, you, if you've been there a long time, you know, what is it about the, the city that's kept you around? I would say that, um, you know, I moved around a lot growing up, so it... it it actually is nice for me to be in one place. Um, 
And that's because my wanderlust is certainly satisfied with all the touring that I've been doing since I moved here. Um, I kind of moved here to be in a band, right? And that band is it's a different band now, different people. Um, it's still with uh, Brooks. We make a really good songwriting team. But um, I, get, I get all my wandering out of the way on tour, and then I'm happy to nest when I am... <laughs> When I am home and I have absolutely no urge to <laughs> to move, I feel like I oh, yeah. I get to I get to visit all the cool parts of the country, um, and then I get to stay in Baltimore. And the reason I like Baltimore so much, um, I like that it has four seasons. Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly used to you know maybe at most two, uh, living in the South and on the West Coast. Um, it has. They, there's so many bands here. There's so much art here. There's so much creativity in the air. Um, there's so much activism and a desire for social justice. Um, now, of course, some of that is usually a response to corruption <laughs> and a system Amen. that is not made for marginalized people. Amen. Um, right, but. Um, it's still that the, the people of Baltimore are just are just so great, um, and there's so much art and life here. I just really like it. I might be biased because I'm an Orioles fan, but I uh, I've always Baltimore's it is an interesting place for sure. It's uh I like how it's kind of it's you were touching on it a little bit. It's kind of its own thing. Outside of, because when you think of the DMV area, it's always Northern Virginia and Arlington or DC or something like that. But I consider Baltimore to kind of be its own animal, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. And we definitely are very protective of our town and what comes out of it. Um, Yeah, it's 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 an interesting place. And it's definitely the activism in the last few years, for sure, has been, I mean, to be brought to a national spotlight like it has in the last few years, it makes you makes you feel like there's hope, you know? That's... Yeah. Which, your book you just wrote, you know, where was, did some of that come from living in that area? I mean, I'm sure some of it did, but how did that idea come to your mind and onto paper to write that book yes um well i've I've spoken about this in interviews too um i i basically have been uh, teaching safer space tactics for the last six years right and so i've been going into spaces and businesses and and groups and teaching them how to respond to harassment when it happens and how to make sure everybody in their space is having a good time. And I did a workshop version of that on Warp Tour in 2017 mm. when War on Women played. And so that's two months of doing a workshop almost every day and starting to realize that I was just saying the same things over and over again. And I thought, you know, (laughs) what if I just wrote all this down? Uh, It would save my voice, because I was very concerned about keeping my voice on that two-month tour. It would save my voice, (laughs) save time. It would be 
you could reference it again and it would be cheaper than flying me to your city to do a workshop in your coffee shop, you know? Oh, sure. So I just started, I just, I felt compelled. Like I actually kind of woke up, um, not middle of the night. It was one of those, like, I just couldn't sleep. I just had this idea gnawing on me, gnawing on my brain. And uh, I just said, fuck it. <laughs> and I got up and just, I kind of in the dark. I put on like one lamp in the dark living room and just started getting it all out on paper. And as soon as I did, like everything I could think of, then I was able to go back to sleep, which was really the goal <laughs> that <laughs> night at least. Um, but then the next day I was like, you know, there might be something here. So I started working on it and submitted it to publishers and was able to hook up with AK Press and release it. Do you know somebody at AK or they just were intrigued by everything that you were putting out? No, I did not. Um, I didn't know anyone there. Um, and I just kind of submitted in the normal way. Like they have something on their website that says like how you submit to them, how you submit a book idea to them. And I just did it the normal way and they seemed to be just very interested. So was you be you know you writing this book do you feel like it's something that will there's a continuation of more ideas coming or it was just what you were passionate about a kind of a one time deal you know i don't know um i continue to do workshops um it's kind of my favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> i love doing safer space workshops i love talking about bystander intervention and giving people the tools they, they need and, and crave to, to make sure everybody has a good time. Um, and so it's interesting, I guess, having a book, it certainly legitimizes you in people's eyes. All of a sudden you're official because you have a book, so you <laughs> must know what you're talking about. Um, so that's helped to kind of open some doors, um, right? But um, really I just want – I want – well, I think everyone should read the book. I think it's helpful to anyone, whether you experience harassment or uh, feel like you could be of service to people that experience harassment. Um, everyone should read it. There's information for everybody. Um, but I, I, I'd like to continue to do workshops and trainings and panel discussions and talks. and um, that That's really my goal, if I could keep doing that. Now, I do assume that as time goes on, um, some of the tactics that I've put forth or some of the ideas, um, not that they'll be outdated, but there still might be updates within activist and academic communities that I might feel need to be addressed. And so I, I, I'm already prepared for a potential uh, second edition, right? Um, really? Because I want it to remain, yeah, I, I want it to remain helpful to people as time goes on. Now, that might be in 10 years, right? <laughs> there might be some new terms, some new things we've learned, you know. Um, but I know that that is a possibility. So so I'm, I'm kind of keeping my eyes and ears open for that. Um, but I, I, as far as... You know, am I going to write another book like this? I have no idea. <laughs> it was really hard. It was really hard, and my band is touring a lot, you know. Um, but I, 
think I'm going to try and work on an audiobook version. And I think that I might want to work on a book of poetry or, you know, I got a couple ideas. Um, it kind of just depends on, I'm, I'm not limiting myself. I'm kind of just taking things as they come my way and trying to do as many workshops as possible because it helps pay my rent. You have the creative bone, it definitely seems like. So that's, uh, I'd be interested if you, I mean, you need a podcast. <laughs> Warren Women needs a podcast, something like that. But you're, I guess when did, when did you start to, I guess, I, you know, it's the way I put it here is kind of open-ended, but, you know, you're, you've worked with, I guess I'll just say, you have you, uh, you always wanted to be, music was a part of your life, and you wanted to, oh, you know, sure. did other things, you just kind of like you were saying, they just presented themselves to you, you know, or did it, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I think there's a big connection between doing war on women and doing the activism that, um, is important to me. Um, I, I've always loved music. I've always been singing songs like before I could talk. Uh, my mom says I used to dance in my crib. She put on MTV in the background <laughs> and I would just be dancing, bopping around. Um, so I've always loved music and singing and dancing. And when I was, um, 12, I think, I got my first guitar, and I begged my family for a guitar. I was so excited to start writing my own songs, um, and I've been in bands since I was 14 years old, um, and I think that I kind of did the whole, you know, indie rock thing and singing about your feelings and, and you know, really concerned about me and, and, and relationships I had with people. And, you know, and I don't just mean like romantic, but just like how people interact and those kinds of human relationships. Um, that's the kind of stuff I was writing about. And around the time that I was just so fed up with street harassment that I had to start my own Hollaback chapter in Baltimore to address it. <laughs> um, that's when I was like, you know, talking with Brooks about, well, what's the next thing we're going to do? We're going to do another band together. What, what do you want to do? And we wanted to do something heavier than we'd done before, and we wanted to do something political. We wanted to do something feminist, overtly feminist. And it really did happen around the same time. Like, our second show ever was at the Hollaback Baltimore um, release party. It's not really a release, but it's like the <laughs> launch party, launch party. Right. Um, you, you know, like, so, like, they're, they're happening simultaneously, basically, simultaneously this uh, political awakening in me, this idea that, like, no, this shit really matters, and we need to talk about it. Not enough people are talking about it, so I guess I'll just do it. Because <laughs> who else <laughs> is going to do it if I don't? Kind of feels like the like that scene in Network with the uh, the guy who's mad as hell. It's, it's kind of what it feels <laughs> like today, where people are just, like, you have to scream about these things to get them to people's attention. I, I don't know. I can. Yeah. I admire, Sometimes. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of things to do what you do. 
and I mean the band it sounds like they they fully support what you do I'm sure there's there's you know bands are they have tiffs all the time but I mean you guys are very <laughs> tight-knit and that's something that I really that what drew me to you and your voice really? yeah I mean you're you have a powerful voice you know getting away from all the political things involved here so that also that's what drew me to your sound for sure but I mean it does it do you ever feel like the band you know they they get more of uh you know people see them less than they see you you know or do you feel like you're sometimes catapulted into being right up front for everybody or I mean it's because to me it sounds like you guys are more of a you know this this goes through all of us or nobody right I mean I, th I think you're totally right in that in general people tend to the, the general public tends to focus on singers of bands right and I, I'm sure that has something to do with the fact that you know they've got the words we can hang on if we identify with that song or it resonates with us it's their words that are hitting a chord within us so like I get it because that's how I am too um but like so I don't think the rest of the band gets nearly enough attention as they should. I don't think enough magazines and publications and blogs and podcasts interview them about gear or writing or what they do in their real life um, as much as they should because everyone in our band is amazing <laughs> in their own way. Um, Most and, definitely. And, you know, think about it. Like, you, you asked me to do this podcast. You didn't ask someone else in the band, and they said no, right? You just asked me. So, like, that's happening all the time. Um, but everyone in our band does great work um, and is so talented and is just cool. Like, not cool in a, um, I don't know, like the Strokes or something or whatever. That kind <laughs> of, like, oh, I'm so cool. Oh, look at me how cool I am. No, everyone, like, we're all nerds, but, like, we're all... <laughs> Everyone is, like, doing cool stuff and, and is talented and is interesting and deserves to be, you know, in fucking Modern Drummer or She Shreds or Guitar Player Magazine or, or some sort of STEM, uh, you know, science and technology magazine uh, because our bass player does computer science work, you know, that kind of stuff. Are they – I mean, it's uh, somewhat personal, but – do they uh, like to do these types of things? You know, not just podcasts, but, you know, be, uh, you know, in the public eye, or do they kind of like to leave that? I mean, themselves personally, do they, you know, are they into that, giving interviews and those kinds of things? Are they okay with you a lot of times being the, you know, the captain of things? Right. I, I think it's hard for me to speak for them. Um, so I'll, I'll try to be careful with that, but I think that everyone would like more opportunities to speak about what interests them. Now, some people's interests are more wide, like me. Like, I don't mind just chatting and talking about feminism and, and my band and what I'm doing. I, I'm happy to do that. I love doing that. Um, and most other people in the band would love that same opportunity. I think the only one... <laughs> The only guy in the band that um, 
isn't totally interested in just chatting for chatting's sake, it's probably Brooks, our guitar player that I've mentioned a couple times. Um, right. He would, he, he's fine talking about gear, his gear, <laughs> the gear he builds, or the songs that he's written, and anything else like what's your band name mean, or <laughs> the origin story, or what are you doing today? He has no time or interest in that, um, which I don't blame him at all. No. Uh, and frankly, that's that's a benefit to being quote unquote just a guitar player, right? Right. <laughs> he can he can easily take that step back if he wants to. That would be a little more difficult for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big thing with bands. I know that there's a you know, having been in music music has been in my life you know, since I was born pretty much and you know having so many friends in bands it's that's something that gets kind of lost in translation is what is it goes down to you know when you think of the Beatles a lot of times you, you don't think of Ringo you think of John and Paul you know that's what it is you know but it's not just that it's the the whole voice and that's what what I'm interested in having next is you guys coming on as a group together for this show. <laughs> yeah, right on. Please do. I, I don't, um, you know, what will be, what's your situation for touring coming up? Because now it sounds like you're just looking to lay low a little while. Yeah, we, we're going to fest, um, so around Halloween. Uh, we'll be at Fest in Gainesville, and then we are hoping to take a few months off to write some new stuff and see what we can do about a new record. Oh, hell yeah. So that, when you write, does it, I, I can't ask an artist how they do these things, but I, they, uh, you know, what is your process for writing? Uh, where does a lot of it come from? And I know asking that question to a musician is just like why would you ask that? But it's, I'm curious to know about how these ideas are off the paper on the mic. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I don't write a lot of guitar uh, in this band. I really, I, I wrote one song on the last record. Um, mm. uh, the song silence is the gift. Um, so I, I really, I personally, even though I've played guitar forever, um, I, 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 I am not as good at this kind of guitar playing <laughs> as everybody else in the band. So, um, I certainly take a step back and let people do what they do best. Um, so I just try to concentrate on lyrics. And, and so for me, I'm constantly just keeping track of little things I hear, little notes, um, stories that I need to look into and in books I read, you know, all my highlighted, Oh, that sounds cool. What if I could talk about that? You know, things that come to me, I'm just constantly keeping a log of that, um, so that I can go back and basically mine it later. Um, yeah. and then every now and again, depending on the song, I'll be like, Oh, I need, I have to write a song about this. And I know what I need to say, and I'll just sit down and start from the beginning um, and just go beginning to end about one topic. And so I take a lot of different approaches, and I try not to let anything limit me. Um, 
or maybe more accurately, I try to just let whatever's happening happen, you know, and not get too bogged down in, well, I'm supposed to write a song like this. Kind of let it present itself. Yeah, I let it, I let it present itself, and then I, you know, you can't just do that. You have to work at it and, and edit and, um, you know, do do the thing you're supposed to be doing. But, um, but that's very, very true. I let it kind of present itself. How is this going to play out? And then I let it happen. Um, and I think one thing that we have going for us in our band, as far as songwriting goes, is Brooks is an incredibly prolific riff writer. So oh, yeah. he's got riffs for days. He has so <laughs> many <laughs> demos of, of riffs that it's like, hard to keep up with right so we've always got something to work with or a jumping off point and and i think that's what we like we like to let's start with this um or like on this last tour dave was playing a drum beat and brooks was like "Ooh, what is that and dave's like i'm just drumming <laughs> i just made it up and he's like okay and so we recorded it and, <laughs> and, and then he wrote a riff to it you know um so we like that collaboration. We want to do more of that. I think that we haven't been able to do as much of that in the past as we'd like. Um, but then we all kind of get to finish and shape the songs together. Like we're, uh, the songs are always open for improvement, basically. And we've all been in bands and been playing music for so long. Um, everyone has a perspective and something to bring to the table. I think Charlottesville would be would welcome you with open arms. The kind of group you guys are, it's definitely uh, well. I'm sure you've read about them in the news, but they're a very uh, a, a town of activism. <laughs> it didn't always used to be like that, but that's I think what attracted me to you guys as a group was seeing how much, I mean, you put a lot of work into it from what you were just telling me for sure, but uh, you guys have a very, uh, you know, I, I've lived around a lot of different uh, you know, things that happened in my city, coming from Charlottesville, where people started to rise up and were, you know, sort of pushing back against certain things. I don't want to get too much off topic, but I just, you guys are, uh, a very tight knit thing and I can't wait to, to come see you. I'd like to make it to that Gainesville show. I mean, I don't know if you have any, uh, you're going to take a few months off after that though. You were saying at least yeah. you know, until yeah. 2020 January, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, that's, that, that's the plan. Yeah. So what do you do with, uh, you know, downtime? Is it mostly kind of what you were saying earlier where you go do workshops and, you know, just, write at home or does it you know a lot of your time writing is I would imagine you write every hour of every day something's going through your mind so it's not just in the <laughs> no studio way. no way um <laughs> no I well I haven't even told you about my actual day job yet <laughs> you know what I mean like oh really I tour I tour all the time I do workshops every chance I get and then I have a job Really? When I'm home, a regular job. Yeah, so there's not a lot of downtime, is my point. Um, and especially with 
the news cycle, the way it's been the last few years, it can be very exhausting and difficult to be creative, get in a creative space, like give yourself time to do something poorly and then do it better, right? Which I think is integral to being creative. Um, So yeah, it's kind of tough and I think I'm, that's why I'm so looking forward to taking off a dedicated amount of time, uh, taking off time to, to not tour, be home and catch up on all the emails I've been meaning to and like <laughs> organize my house and like, like tie up all these loose ends so that I can then just sit down and write for hours. Like you said, that would be lovely to do that. That's uh, it's exhausting with because you know, I'm same position. I have a, a job, two of them outside of just doing these things. So it's to you know with the news. That's a very good point you brought up is with the the way it's put out there now for people. You know because it used to just be you'd wait till Walter Cronkite got on and you'd get your news there at six o'clock in the uh-huh. evening. Now it's exhausting because you've got Instagram and you know, the list goes on. You know, of all these platforms you can get it from, it's like there's no. Not only is there no privacy, but you just, no matter what, you're getting these things pushed in your face. Is that kind of? Yeah. That's kind of what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's just a relentless news cycle. Everything is terrible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so the need for self care and um, you know, going offline is so important. So we have to take care of ourselves so we can keep taking care of each other. You had, I think in the beginning of the episode, you had uh, mentioned it, but it is good to say it again for the book, uh, Making Space, excuse me, Making Spaces Safer, Tongue Tied, uh, available, like you said, AK Press and uh, War on Women. Thank you for uh, bringing some of that to the Soul Shock Music Lounge and looking forward to having you back. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you.